welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, we've got a juicy topic, and it can be quite a heart-wrenching topic as well. It is about how trauma can show up in our relationships. And I know this is going to be relevant for quite a lot of our listeners listening in today. But we've got a fantastic guest who's an expert in this area. Her name is Brooke Kikos. She's a trauma healing coach and RTT therapist. So welcome, Brooke. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Excellent. So firstly, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into doing what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So I have actually only been doing this for a little over two years now. Um, I was not always in this field of work. I used to be in the beauty industry. And so I was making people feel really beautiful on the outside and look younger and more vibrant. And now I've kind of switched to making people feel really good on the inside. So really kind of getting their mental health in a a space where they can actually feel really confident in themselves and be embrace um, life more, more fully. Um, It really went on this journey because I recognized I needed to heal more deeply because I suffered some pretty severe trauma in my life. And I know trauma is sometimes a really big, scary, ugly word that people don't want to talk about. But I think on some level, each and every one of us as human beings have some trauma. We have some trauma and some people have more than others. And um, that was really my journey in getting into this space and recognizing when I started to heal I wanted to show others how they could heal as well, and they did not have to suffer. So for you, Brooke, would you be prepared to share what your personal trauma was, or is that something you'd rather not discuss? No, I completely can share that. So, um, you know, I share that in this space all the time because I think it's really important to help everybody know that they're not alone. Like, there is other people that have, you know, survived this stuff, come out of it, and instead of just kind of being stuck in survival mode, have actually been able to thrive. So, my, my trauma really started as a child. Um, there was sexual abuse that was involved. Um, and I didn't realize that until honestly later on in my life. So my brain did a really great job of hiding that from me for a really long time. But what that did was like the original wound that started this, this um, imprint on me that made me stuck in survival responses. So um, I had, you know, the severe complex PTSD that I did not get diagnosed with until about 2017. Um, I was raised by a very abusive father and I was also stuck in a very highly demanding controlling cult, which used shun and punishment and fear to kind of control its members. So um, that's all I knew of that belief system. And I was really kind of stuck in that for most of my life until I was about 35 years old And that led me also to get into an abusive relationship for 17 years. So kind of all those combinations of like this really big hurricane storm of a a lifelong of abuse, um, 2017, I was um, started to become aware that something wasn't right. And I started to kind of be awakened to the fact, okay, I don't want to be stuck in this place anymore. I think I need to break free. Um, And then I started to do my own research 
on the religion that I was in. And I started to find some, um, some lies, some fallacies in it. And so I started to say, okay, I need to search deeper here. I ended up leaving that cult and my marriage all in one fell swoop. And that was what really began my healing journey of recognizing that I was deeply traumatized, that um, I was living in this fear state. So I began that journey. And then in 2020, my ex-husband and my father of my children, he died suddenly. And that reignited another kind of um, process of deep, heavy grief and recognizing I needed to heal more deeply again. So, and kind of reconnect back to myself and reconnect back to, okay, what is my belief system? Um, What is my higher power or God or universe or whatever that looks like and kind of reach out and and, and get the answers. And when I started asking, I started receiving um, the answers. And that's what really shifted me into the space of being in alignment with, I needed to become um, who I am today to talk about my story let others know about um, my trauma so that they can see too, that they can kind of rise above it and really access this other sense of self that they don't have to be stuck in these really deep, dark places. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brooke, and um, deeply, deeply grateful to you for being vulnerable enough and courageous enough to, you know, share all of that because you know, it's deeply healing in itself to be able to share with others what's happened previously to ourselves. I mean, I think most of my audience, unless you're new to the podcast, know that I'm a rape survivor myself. So I understand completely what you're saying. And, um, you know, about living most of your adult life on high alert without actually sometimes even realizing that that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny, I actually got asked this question the other day, and, and it is so true. They're like, well, did you even know? that you were you were traumatized well no you really don't you have no idea because that was my normal from a young age right so it was how i thought i was supposed to be living it was how i thought that it was supposed to feel and i realized i didn't even know what real love was like i didn't i had not experienced what real love was like because there had been so much abuse and so i didn't find actually a man that kind of was able to help me understand what a healthy relationship looked like or what love even was supposed to feel like until I was almost 36 years old. So it's like recognizing that when we're stuck in those cycles of survival and, and, and there we're deeply traumatized, um, our body shuts down and it just goes into this state of, okay, we got to protect ourselves because the world is a really big, scary place. And we, this is all we know. And we don't know how to really get outside of that. Yeah. And sadly for me, you know, I met my ex-husband when I was 26, nearly 27. And I entered that relationship, not realizing at the time, you know, that he offered me love, protection and safety. You know, my ex-husband was a very good man. It wasn't an abusive relationship at all. You know, he was very caring, loving and uh, was a very good husband and father. But within that relationship, I was shut down, you know, and um, very much a cold, confused, sometimes frigid woman in within that relationship. And obviously, um, I, I hadn't shared with him what had happened to, to me until I was, I didn't do that until I was about 42, 43 years old. <laughs> so, wow. you know, within that relationship, um, he didn't understand a lot of why I was the way I was until I found the courage to share 
what had happened to me mm. with him. But even then, you know, it was still it was still um, confusing to me to to understand how and where to start in relation to get getting healed from it. Mm. Yeah, I can completely understand that. Um, for me, sexual abuse also made me have rigidity, right? And want to control my um, environment. But what it also did is it felt me, you know, a lot of times people when they've been sexually abused, and this is what happened for me, um, I put sex equals love. So I used my body um, in a way to receive love, right? And so it was like, I just put that in the box. Okay, if this man's having sex with me, he must love me. And if he's not, he must not love me. So it was like I was perpetually chasing that high of of using that sex in that way to kind of get that acceptance and that love. And it maybe kind of come across of like where it was like I needed to have all this attention and it was like this insatiable void if I didn't have it because I just seeked it outside of myself. And it also made me have like deep shame and not love my body, right? It's like I yes. just didn't, I didn't even respect it. Um, because I hadn't been taught to do that. Right. Um, it was violated. So my, you know, it was just this feeling of unsafeness of, totally understand. And, you know, I, I was the same. I had total lack of boundaries, didn't have uh, any self-worth, uh, even though I was a confident person externally, people would think, you know, I'm a confident woman, but, you know, underneath all that, there was this, like you said, this, this shame, this humiliation, this lack of self-worth, this lack of value in myself. And um, because prior to meeting my husband, I, I had the opposite because, the, you know, my my trauma happened in my in my teens and it happened to me twice with two different men, uh, two different times in my teens. And um, I, I did go through a phase of uh, being very promiscuous because of that as well. You know, so I I, I went the other way. Uh, prior mm -hmm. to meeting my husband and then um, me upon meeting him <laughs> flipped again yeah I completely understand it's like um, it is you know you notice how these type of imprints really show up in our lives because if we are chasing you know that that love or we're chasing that acceptance because we really weren't taught what it was supposed to feel like right? What boundaries were supposed to be like and, and how we could create the safeness within ourselves. Um, we're always allowing other people to cross those boundaries because we don't know the difference. Absolutely. And for me, it took me a long time, you know, to establish firm boundaries and feel like, you know, sex didn't e equal love. <laughs> and Yes, uh, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I think a lot of women listening to this will, will resonate, you know, because we, we do tend to have that mindset don't we where we think sex does equal love and I I see so many young girls you know her are offering themselves sexually to men uh, far too early in any sort of relationship and um, it, it saddens me because I know that deep down they're not valuing themselves and uh, they're giving themselves away because of that lack of self-worth and those lack of boundaries aren't they yeah completely I I look back on my life and, you know, I always say you can't have any regrets, right? I think we, we learn our lesson and we understand ourselves more deeply when we, when we go through these type of things. Um, it was that lack of self-worth ultimately, right? That lack of confidence in myself to 
allow other people to take advantage of me, allowing the abuse um, to happen. But at the same time, when that abuse happened, when I was younger, I didn't have any way out, right? There was no no way out. It just was. And so it was like, there's just this knowing now, you know, you look back and you're like, well, I didn't know any different. Like when I was in the relationships that were abusive, right? Because people always say, well, why did you stay? Well, because ultimately people that are in abusive relationships don't know the difference right? If, if we were taught the difference of what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like, then we would know we would never get into a relationship like that. We would never put up with anything like that. Um, and so I think it's just recognizing that, you know, we did the best that we could then, and now we know better, right? And now it's about that healing space where we can say, okay, now I can take this and I can learn from this experience. And I don't have to allow this to happen in my next relationship. I know exactly what I want to, to um, heal and have in my next relationship. And I think that's the biggest piece because for myself, coming from abusive relationships and then getting into a healthy relationship, I saw how I was still kind of addicted to the chaos, right? I was so used to like the up and down in the chaotic relationship. I was like, okay, well, wait a second. I have a stable partner that is showing up is making me feel safe. And I'm trying to seek the opposite. I'm like, well, where's the high? I need, I need the, 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 you know, the ups and downs and the, the drama, rush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the drama of the relationship. And so here I'm trying to seek it and find it. So in the beginning, if that wasn't happening, I was actually the one that was creating the chaos. I was creating the drama um, because my nervous system seeked that. My nervous mm-hmm. system had been wired and my belief system had been wired to, to continue that pattern because it had been a pattern for so long. And, you know, that that's the thing. It's, you know, what we're familiar with, even if it's unhealthy, even if it's really toxic, mm-hmm. even if we're instigating it, um, it's, it's familiar. It's what's familiar mm-hmm. to us. And that's what keeps us in those relationships. And that's what keeps us and drives our behaviors be it good, bad, or indifferent. You've got that spot on. It's the familiar, right? And I think it's funny when I started dating again after my marriage, um, I was continuing to attract the same type of partner. And it was actually like I was I was grabbing more narcissistic psychopaths <laughs> than I thought was even possible. And I was like, what you know, so I had to kind of fail a few times, right? I had to see and be like, oh my gosh, okay, this is this is another pattern to finally recognize, okay, I need to go with something completely different. And when I met my current partner, um, he was so the opposite of what I normally would have been attracted to. But something inside of me was curious because I was like, he's so different than anything I've ever known. And something inside of me said, okay, well, maybe different is what I need right? Because I'm continuing to grab the same type because subconsciously we seek the same thing, the same pattern, the same, because that's what we know, right? We go and grab the same. And so if you're finding that you're attracting the same type of partners and you're like, why am I keep getting disappointed? You might want to say, I need to make the unfamiliar familiar to me, right? Because we're the common denominator in all of this, aren't we? So we have to take responsibility for what we're attracting. Yeah, because I used to be like, I used to be outside, I'm like, well, every man is crazy, you know, like every man is just, you know, they're all pigs, right? Like I had like this whole concept of like thinking it was outside of me, like it was their fault. 
granted, yes, there is men out there, obviously, that are narcissistic and abusive and they're, but really the deep down, they're just traumatized. They're just wounded um, individuals that need to heal themselves. Right. Um, but at the same level, it's like, you have to recognize, okay, well, if I'm continuing to attract these type of people, it's something within me, something I need to go within and understand myself more deeply. And that's, you know, what I did at that journey, right? Recognizing that, okay, I needed to do the therapy. I needed to do the work. I needed to understand why I was continuing these, these patterns, um, and help myself identify the why. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a shame that we aren't taught this as part of the school education curriculum, because quite often we don't have parents that are good role models. A lot of the times, if we've been through trauma, um, that can teach us what is a healthy relationship. So it's just sad to me, you know, that as part of the curriculum, we aren't taught life skills, um, you know, especially around how to have a healthy relationship. I completely agree with you. You know, if and for those that are listening, it's like if we're modeled a relationship as a child, right, we take in all of that. So we take in all of that and we recognize when we look at that relationship and we say, oh, OK, this must work. Right. This must be what a relationship is supposed to look like. So if it was abusive, um, which is what I encountered and saw, um, then it was like, oh, then these things are OK, because we saw our, our mothers be OK with it. Right. Or our fathers. And so that meant ultimately that we took that on and saw that relationship to be what we seek, because that's all we know. And I think, you know, if we, if I would have been able to identify what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like, right, if I was taught that, if I understood that, then of course, right, you're not going to seek anything, but you're going to know the difference of a man that comes in and is completely toxic, or a woman that's completely toxic, and you're just going to say, oh, yeah, this doesn't work for me. You're going to be able to have really strong boundaries and healthy sense of self that you wouldn't allow it to happen. So for you, Brooke, um, what, what was the actual turning point that made you realize that, you know, you were responsible for attracting what the repeat patterns of what you've been attracting previously? So I think it was recognizing after I got out of my marriage that had been for so long, attracting those same type of partners and being disappointed over and over again. And feeling that same perpetual feeling of being less than, right, of being kind of betrayed and feeling like, you know, why am I attracting these liars and these these people that truly say something, but they actually do another, right? I was still seeking the person that was saying all the right things, but no actions. And so that was when I was like, okay, something's not adding up. And so I was able to finally deduct that, okay, there's something has to, I have to dig deeper. And that was when I, you know, started the therapy process. And that started to help me kind of unravel like the past and help me kind of understand and navigate what a healthy relationship even looked like. Mm, absolutely. And I think deep down, we know, don't we? we, we, we tend to sort of, I suppose, ignore the red flags for a long time, because we are in love and or, or romanticize the, the potential of our partner, don't we? Completely. I think that, you know, I always talk about how it's always like fantasy world. I know for myself, being, um, you know, from a young age, um, I learned how to dissociate, right? And that's caused from the trauma, right? So I learned how to kind of like live in my own like little fantasy world and my own like little bubble. And so I think a lot of times we put, you know, these partners or whatever on pedestals, 
because we're like, oh, we just want the fantasy ending. We see it in the movies. We see it in Disney, right? We just, we meet a boy, we fall in love and it's just perfect. Everything is a, a fairy tale ending. And so we kind of just have like this different way of looking at relationships. And so we kind of just like fantasize it. And then we want to hold on to something so, you know, so deeply because we all, we, we have this feeling like if we don't, we are afraid to be alone, right? We're afraid to sit with ourselves. Or also, or afraid to admit, you know, because we perceive it as being a failure and not a successful yeah. relationship and don't want to, I suppose, be seen by our friends and family as not succeeding within that relationship. Yeah, completely. And there is also like that shame factor, right? Like, oh man, I failed. I failed at this relationship and I need to stay in this relationship. And even if it's hurting us, you know, even if it's hurt. And that's the way I felt about, you know, my own relationship for 17 years, um, having even left once and then came back. And that's what they say a lot about, you know, um, domestic violence survivors. It's like, they'll, they'll leave up to seven times sometimes to be able to actually really leave the relationship because we want to go back to what's comfortable, what's safe, what we think is safe. Right. Yeah. And we confuse what is safe with what is familiar to us, even if Mm -hmm. it's not safe. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. That's because that's, it's just, it's comfortable, right? We want to go back into that same pattern because at least we know we, we can at least know what to expect, right? We know what's going to happen next, right? We know the up and the down and we know what to expect. If we go into the unknown, which was a lot of my fear when I did finally break the relationship, it was like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to be alone and I don't know what's going to happen next. And, you know, a lot of fear comes up when you leave that trauma bonded relationship. And especially, I mean, it's literally like coming off of a drug, you know, you you are, we are chemically bonded to that um, cycle, if you will, if you're in that abuse cycle. So I really felt like this deep grief in my body and really had a, a struggle of, of processing and kind of getting out of that relationship. So it is all a process. And that's kind of why our body is like, Oh, go back to the relationship, right? Because at least you don't have to feel this pain. At least you don't have to feel like you're coming off of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Human nature. I think anybody that's listening to this particular episode that is uh, probably currently in a, uh, traumatic or toxic or unhealthy relationship that resonates with what we're saying you know know that you're not alone there is help Mm -hmm. out here and it's not your fault you know don't think we're trying to say that it's your fault we're just actually I suppose highlighting that we do have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and you know we do have a part to play in that don't we yeah completely it's definitely not their fault right I think I took on a lot of that feeling. I'm glad that you pointed that out. I took a lot of that. It's like, it's my fault. Like, why didn't I know? Why didn't I leave sooner? Why wasn't I smart enough? You know, like going into all of this, like self blame and, and guilt. Um, and really that is, is just toxic shame. Like there's nothing that I could have done it, it. It wasn't my fault. Right. I was just this traumatized individual that did not know better. And in each part of your journey, it's like, until you know, you can't do better. Right. And so it's like, it's just like experiencing the fact that, you know, just being curious with what could be and being open to the process of recognizing that it's okay that, you know, you've gotten trapped in this relationship or, you know, it's toxic or, you know, that you're suffering or that it's unhealthy or um, it's making you sad. 
right? Just recognizing that how it's hurting you and, and looking at your mental health in a different way. Like you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be fulfilled. You deserve to have a relationship that holds you in a container that makes you feel so safe that it's sacred. Absolutely. And it's it's wonderful. You know, once you have come out the other side and you do experience a relationship where you have got that healthy passion and intimacy and you're feeling cherished and treated like a queen, it's it's so, 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 um, you know, I suppose uh, enlightening and liberating in terms of, when you think back to probably what you used to put up with and, and uh, you know, those conversations that you have with yourself where you felt like, you know, you deserve better, but you're not doing anything about it. Completely. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the part of this is too to give you like, like give somebody that's like that when, Oh, I'm not doing anything about it. I know I'm, I need to um, recognizing that that's just like a trauma response, right? It's freeze. Like, what do we do? We shut down. We don't, we want to avoid situations that we know we need to take care of. Just recognize you're in this trauma response for a reason. And then being able to say, it's okay that I haven't done what I needed to do, but then helping yourself find baby steps that you can do to move forward so that you can find um, a way out or a way to recognize that you need to break free. Thank you so much for those words of encouragement, Brooke. So for those people listening that would like to connect with you around this topic, you know, of um, healing our trauma, what is your best contact information? So I would just say go straight to my website. It's lifecoachinggoddess.com. Um, you'll be able to connect with me anywhere there on social media and make a book an appointment, book a call, whatever you would like to do. I'd love to chat with anyone. Excellent. So any final words around this topic about how trauma can show up in, a, in our relationships and if anybody's listening that recognizes they are one of those people that are currently experiencing this, uh, any final words of advice for those? Um, yeah, I would say that, you know what, there, it's never too late to begin again. It's never too late to rewrite your story um, and, and recognize that you have this beautiful life and this beautiful human body to experience and and why not make sure that you're living this life to the fullest and you're at your ultimate happiness so i i feel like it's just embrace that and recognize that it's never too late to begin yeah because we all deserve it don't we we all deserve to be treated because we are special we are unique and we yeah. do deserve love and we are enough and we are worthy so just yeah. for anybody listening know that that is waiting for you on the other side if you're currently in a, a difficult situation that you can change this your past does not equal your future does it Brooke? it does not I agree you always matter so uh, thank you for sharing your personal information Brooke it's been very insightful and um, certainly a very very emotive conversation but very worthwhile conversation to enlighten our, our listeners around what is possible for them in terms of future change and possibility so thank you yes thank you so much for having me on i appreciate it it was lovely chatting with you so it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time goodbye for now thanks for listening to the hearts entwined podcast you can follow lynn via the facebook group two hearts entwined or search lynn smith inspirational speaker at linkedin or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts 
www.truelove-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.